Improvement is not always tangible, but it's important. And it doesn't always equate to wins and losses, but it does tell us where the franchise is going. And we're seeing lots of it. Next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Today, we're going to look at how much better the Utah Jazz are getting as this season goes on. We'll look at it um, from a conceptual standpoint. We'll look at it as just the way they play. We'll look at at pieces are working better together. We'll look at the creativity of the offense uh, or of the coaching staff uh, and the defense, really. Uh, Then uh, I do really like uh, Tyler Snar's um, dunks and threes as just kind of a reminder of where we kind of who's playing well, what they're doing, what their values are um, in his estimated plus minus. We'll dig into that um, here in a little bit. And then it's Mondays. We'll go back to our trends Monday where we kind of look across the league to see what's going on with the trends of who's hot and who's not and uh, things of that nature. All right. So uh, as I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. If you're new to it, it's a daily podcast on the Utah Jazz that gives you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully makes it way better to be a jazz fan. And it's free and available on all podcasting apps as well as on YouTube. And if you're making today your first listen, thank you so much. And if you're an everydayer, I adore you. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, for being an everydayer and making Locked On what it is. So thank you very much uh, for making Locked On Jazz uh, what it has become, the Locked On Podcast Network, what it has become, and all that. All right. So we're losing uh, two-game win streak. Losing Sacramento. Um, Keegan Murray goes nuts. Three games, four nights. Fast team without De'Aaron Fox. Um flew running through our roster at a kind of a crazy level. I think we've really seen a vast improvement in play by the Utah Jazz here in the most recent stretch. Um, I think we've seen Will Hardy do a wonderful job and maybe the most important job of at the moment of the season where you there's going to be a bunch of times this year in which I feel like the players can let go of the rope where we're going to, we're going to lose basketball games, right? So you go lose to by 50 to Dallas to the Clippers by 14 by Oklahoma city. When we're in that game, like, and then turn around and put together some of your better games. To me, that's great. And we had lost five of six weren't, you know, there's been about two times, right? In Portland, he kind of lays the line in the sand and that gets everyone's attention again. And then they win the two games against New Orleans and then they lose five of six. And and obviously, and Oklahoma City was, I actually thought the toughest of the bunch, even though Dallas is like this unmitigated disaster. I thought Oklahoma City just really got, just kind of, just weren't in it. Um, and I think we had like our worst defensive game of the year that night, even 
even worse than the Dallas game and one of our worst offensive games. Like we just suddenly had and Lowry had been out and which was a huge part of it, but we had suddenly had, I think four of our last six games had been our worst offensive games of the year. And to see this team kind of come through that and then see noticeable improvement on a bunch of areas, I, I just think is wildly important. If you're one of these people that's into pure tank and you want to do what Detroit and San Antonio are in Washington doing that, I, I, I think that it's certainly that that's, you know, then you're not going to want improvement. You're just going to want to get worse and worse. But I, I think it's, it's vital to try to get as much value out of an 82 game schedule as you can this season. Certainly I, I don't expect us to be playing for a play in and I don't expect us to be trying to play for a playoff, but you're still trying to get the most you can out of it. And if you, if you really want to just zero in and like, okay, well, what matters this season is Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks fine, but at least you want them participating in an environment that yields to success in the future. And I think we're seeing that. So improvement is really, really important. And the biggest thing I see right now is just play better basketball. Like the ball's just moving more. There's more togetherness. I think Kelly Linick is a huge part of it. Just having Kelly on the floor for the jazz makes a massive difference and maybe it makes a massive difference offensively. And frankly, that's what we all look at. He's not a great defensive player. Um, but I, you know, when, when he's on the floor offensively, we're 10 points better per hundred possessions when he's on the floor than when we're off, when he's off the floor, I would a hundred percent guess that our passing numbers are way through the roof when he's on the floor. Um, and what he creates is ball movement because the other guys on the team know that he's on the floor. And so therefore they move, you see Sexton back cutting, you see other guys making back cut moves. Um, and frankly, defensively, we're about the same with him on the floor as we are off the floor. So he's not a good defensive player, but it's not actually causing us a great deal of problems. So I think Kelly's a large part of it, but overall, I just see better collectiveness, less one-on-one play, more extra passing, more get to the open man. There was a beautiful play in Sacramento in which I think Ochai's in the corner, rotates to Taylor, Taylor rotates to Lowry at the top. Ochai in the corner would have been fine. He's 60 plus percent in the corner. I'm willing with Ochai. Taylor at the top is not a great shot. And Taylor bypassed it and moved it to Lowry. It was really great. Um, so I've just seen a team playing a lot better basketball than we've seen before, which for me, super pleasing. The second one is I do think what Will's done with the zone is really interesting. And I think it's keeping everyone engaged and it's trying something defensively. Like what we're doing right now in the zone is a bit crazy. If you've missed it, every day as you've probably heard this, but so we played, depending how you look at it, about 56, depending which metric you use, we played about 56 possessions against New York in the zone and 53 against Portland and then 39 against Sacramento. It's the first, second, and seventh most possessions on a given night by any team in the NBA in the zone. So New York and Portland are the most by anyone. Washington played 45 against Orlando. New Orleans played 44 against Detroit. The Lakers played 41 against the Spurs the other, the other night. And Brooklyn played 42 against Charlotte. So we could have a bunch of zone tonight. And Brooklyn played 35 against Orlando. So they, on two games, kind of in out of nowhere, Brooklyn kind of rolled out the zone. They have not done it. A great deal. They used it against Denver on this road trip um, to about 20 possessions, which is high. That's like the 24th most in the league. So if you just, if you want the, like the league average is three a night, that you're going to be in the zone three times a night. And Miami plays the most, well, did until we do it now, 10% of their possessions 
So that's about 10, like if you think about it, that's about 10 possessions. So for us to be in the zone 56, 53, and 39 times is really wild. And we're doing, we're toggling between different zones. It feels like we're playing three or four. We might be playing one or two or two. Uh, we're definitely playing two. Um, it feels like we're playing three or four. It feels like we're playing a one, three, one. It feels like we're playing a two, three. It feels like we're playing a box and one. And it feels like we're kind of floating in between some other enigma that I have no idea or get or, or, uh, amoeba that i have no not enigma enigma uh amoeba that i have no idea what it is um it might just be we're playing a one three one that evolves as the possession goes on but i i'm actually not certain on that uh and it's really impressive to one watch this is a great skill to watch these players kind of learn how to to add you know more and more every single time and, and be able to adjust and adapt like that and then the second thing that's super impressive to this is that it's just not somebody else's doing. And so the jazz are teaching it and learning it on the fly. Like I'm literally sitting in shoot arounds and watching them put this in on a day and in, in, in the efforts terrific and trying to explain like, okay, if we're doing box and one and they do this, then you do that. Like, and some of this is really creative defensive stuff from will, by the way, the zone didn't get torched nearly as bad as everybody wants to make it sound by Sacramento. Um, in fact, I might ar- go look at it. Now, this is, I kind of disagree that we were only in zone. Um, the amount of possessions we were, I, I'm, I almost feel like that someone miscounted. I felt like we were in more than that. So, okay, I, I might quibble with these numbers. Um, but according to like various sites, the Jazz were in zone for 47 possessions the other night. That's a higher number, depending. This is a different, but almost all of them in the first half um, that they were in. They were in zone for 39, if you use a 47 number, that they were in zone for 39 of the 47 in the first half and that they kind of were out of it. And that they their man defense, this is a different metric number, so this is where stats and gets confusing. But in our overall half court that night, our zone was 0.98 and our man-to-man was 0.96. Like, it didn't... Like, we got torched as a team. Like, there's no question... Keegan Murray went bananas and Sacramento's like actually check that by the way. Um, yeah, no 0.98. No, no. Our half court was worse. Sorry. Yeah. I said that wrong. The 0.98 was our zone and 1.08 was our man. 1.08. I said that wrong. Sorry. I gave you our offense and our defense. So uh, again, according to the metrics, our zone was better than our man against Sacramento. Now, I'm not sure I think they counted this exactly right because it felt like we were in a lot of man and maybe our box and one is confusing people to what we're in. Um, but yeah, according to the the kind of metrics that follow this, for all the talk of our zone getting murdered, it was actually our man at 1.08 compared to our zone at 0.98. I knew when I said it, it was wrong. Sorry about that. So it's kind of crazy. Um, and that's how it's been for us in all these games that our, our zone is better than our man. We're the only team in the NBA right now where our zone is better than our man. That's actually really, really uncommon. I want to touch on Talon and Colin because they've also improved greatly. And that's a great credit to Will and the coaching staff and Evan Brads, his director of player development and um, the individual coaches that are working with each one of them. It's, it's really, really impressive um, in, in so many different ways uh, that that's that the jazz are doing that. So, um, I want to touch on that as we continue, um, here on locked on jazz. 
The today's show is brought to you by friends over at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross and in Logan. Murdoch Chevy, the Murdochs, Utah, over 80 years. Chevy, oh, it's Americana, is what it is right there. And its lineup, it's got the 2024 Motor Trend SUV of the year is Chevy as they have redone their whole SUV lineup over the years. And the Blazer EV is the 2024 Motor Trend SUV of the year. You get a $1,000 member only incentive back and $7,500 clean vehicle federal tax credit right now on that. Lots of other amazing deals over at Murdoch Chevy as we get near the end of the year, 1.9 APR on the Chevy Equinox and then the great lineup of Chevy trucks. There's nothing quite like the Silverado. And nothing quite like the Colorado. If you are a Costco member, they have special deals for you as well. It's all at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also in Logan. If you're going to head over there, feel free to reach out to me and see if I can set you up and get you where you need to. It is Murdoch Chevy. Today's show is also brought to you by Price Picks. PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnNBA gets you a first deposit match up to $100. Why PrizePicks? It's daily fantasy sports made easy. The most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can mix Monday Night Football with the Seahawks and the Eagles tonight, as well as NBA games if you'd like to. Plus, PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If your player exits in the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player's rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance platform. Test your skills. PrizePix this basketball season is an exciting way to do it with daily fantasy sports. You can turn 10 to 250 with just a few taps. PrizePix is a simple play. Make your picks. Submit your entry. Less than 60 seconds. Quick and easy gameplay. Quick and easy withdrawal. It's PrizePix. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. PrizePix.com slash LockdownNBA. LockdownNBA for the first deposit match up to $100. All right, I want to talk about Colin and Kalen because they are both getting so much better. Um, but going on with Colin right now is Will's strength. Will does a wonderful job of getting players to their superpower and using them. Um, and Colin's superpower is endless energy, abundance of give a crap. And he is finding a way to put him in positions in which he, whether it's playing the one defensively in the box and one against Jalen Brunson, where his never ending energy is all that matters. Sarah Todd had a nice story on him in the Deseret News this week of like, what's your pump up music? He actually is listening to like soothing, calming sounds because Colin Sexton doesn't need to be pumped up. Like I go to the gym all the time. Colin's all in the, at all times. I don't go all the time. I go at all times. Like I don't have a very good pattern to my behavior of when I'm in the gym on the road. Colin's always in there. Um, like I was talking to our training staff and it's like, no, we have to give Colin something to do every day because he'll do something every day. So on a rest day, you have to give him something to do because he can't, he doesn't actually do rest days. Like he's just, just shot out of a cannon all the time. It's pretty great. Um, and it's infectious and it's wonderful to be around and he's just a neat kid. And Will is finding a way right now to use him at his max. He's had four straight games over 20. And, you know, like we're talking about the 10, the 20, and the 50 that we're trying to build to. It's going to take us years to go get. 
And in the meantime, Colin's a wonderful piece to have. And once you have your 10, your 20, and your 50, there might be a chance that Colin is an off-the-bench six-man that changes games <clears throat> with this relentless energy and is not something that you totally have to rely on all the time. Um, right now, we're relying on Without Jordan, Colin's playing great basketball. He's super efficient. He's the absolute contrast in how Jordan plays. Um, and he's he's really, really efficient, and he's scoring points, and he's getting after it. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he is a force going to the rim, and his energy is great. And then his power inside, when he puts two feet down and gets up, is awesome. His last four games, three of them as starters, 20, 26, 27, and 28. And so I do think like you're looking at it, you know, you're looking at a 24 year old going to turn 25 on the 4th of January. So just in a few days, we'll, we'll celebrate Colin's birthday, you know, who has been tried to be pigeonholed and do a bunch of different things. And sure, it'd be ideal if he took more than, you know, a few threes a game. But frankly, in the last three games, he's taken 23 threes in four games. That's a lot for him. And if he can kind of keep that number up, that's great because you need him to be a three point shooting threat which at times he has not been in his career. And he's only 33%. So yes, ideally he would shoot better than three. And there's a lot of ideallys on Colin. But instead of talking about what, you know, ideally he would do this and ideally he would do that. I think what's what you really are hoping for with Colin is that you get this guy who can make enough plays for you and change the game with, with this zest and this energy. And Will is finding that right now. So Colin's been great. The other one is Talon. And I, I, hey, I read enough Twitter and I, I preach to our hosts on Locked On to not allow Twitter to dictate what you're talking about on the air. And so I don't want to fall too much into it, but the vitriol toward Talon is out, is not placed correctly. Um, you know, yeah, he takes, he and Colin both take a wacky shot or two, and Colin can't see certain things on the floor and they miss wide open this. And okay. But like, you want improvement? First of all, Talon's got double scored double figures now for six straight games, which I believe is the long, which is the longest streak of his career. It might even be seven straight games. That's what he believed was. It's now seven straight games. It's the longest stretch of his career. He's doing it without shooting the three particularly well right now. He was shooting the three better earlier this year, but in the last seven games, it's not been super great. I think he's two of his last ten and five of his last uh, twenty-one from the field from three. So that's not great. But he's finding a way to do it while shooting 48% from the field. He leads the team in pass percentage in the paint. So when he gets to the paint, he's actually more likely to pass than anybody else on the roster, um, despite the way everybody wants to talk about him. Um, and, I, you, you know, you want improvement, and you want to see what J the Jazz player development staff is able to do with someone. Let's look at some of the numbers. So what were the things that really were a struggle for Talon? Number one was rim finishing. Okay, well, Talon is field goal percentage. From zero to three feet has gone from 61 to 63, 61% <clears throat> when he got with the Lakers, 63 last year, up to 66% right now. It's a really nice change. And he looks very different. His feet are closer together. He's not as outstretched. He's not, it's not as big a problem for him. He's playing off more of his two-point possessions being um, assisted than he did a year ago. Uh, his three-point shooting his above the break and off the bounce three point shooting is a struggle. His catch and shoot three point shooting, which is something he worked on really, really hard in the off season was at 30%. At one point this year was up to 40%. I think it's at about 36 right now. 36 is viable. It's not brilliant, but it's, it is viable. It, it would be nice 
if he, like a lot of guys on a roster, were better above the break. Um, Talon's 37% now on catch and shoot threes. From 30%. Like, if you want improvement, this kid's actually the best example we've got of improvement there is on the roster right now. And yet, you know, everyone's got to have someone they're pissed at. So when you don't win, and he seems to be the number one target, which seems to me be pretty outplaced um, or misplaced. So I, I think those two really deserve a lot of credit for what they're doing. Our guard play has been problematic all year long. And, you know, Jordan's numbers are horrific. Um, and hopefully when he comes back from this injury, they'll be better. Um, but, you know, frankly, the offense is plus six per 100 possessions when Taylor's on the six points better when he's on the floor than off the floor. And the defense is eight points per 100 possessions better when Taylor's on the floor than off the floor. You know, again, I don't want to get too into it, but I find it super interesting when people want to go shoot at Taylor, how they're just going to ignore the other numbers that are actually good. Right? So the player who we have the best defensive differential on this year so far is Taylor. When Taylor's on the floor, our defense is better than any other player. Our two are Taylor, then Chris Dunn, then Walker Kessler, then Taylor Hendricks. And on the flip side, Keontae, John Collins, Jordan Collins, and Omer Yerksev. Our offense is best when Kelly Linick, Lowry Markin, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Taylor Hendricks have been on the floor. And our offense is worse when Walker, Kessler, Keontae George, John Collins, and Omar Yerksaven are on the floor. That's like, those are just numbers. But I don't actually, what I think is important is improvement. That's the point of the show today, is that level of improvement we're seeing out of these players. And again, I don't know that Talon and I don't know that Colin are going to be major pieces of our puzzle at some point in time. There's a chance that they are a piece. And the, there's this unique thing with Danny but if you go back and look at how Danny built the Celtics, there was Kendrick Perkins and Marcus Smart, which weren't one of the main pieces, but they stayed for a long, long time on their roster because he believed in them in some capacity that they were important to what you need to win. And maybe one of these two players becomes one of those guys and sticks around for a long time as this thing builds. But the key to me is what I want to see out of a team, and this is my point, is playing the game better and correctly. We played, we were playing some ugly basketball earlier this year. I mean, it was just, it was not a, it was not the way you were ever going to win. It was selfish. We still have it's still laden in us. We'll see whether it comes back or not. Um, we were playing. We weren't playing with much creativity, either from an approach or a player standpoint. It was just ugh. We're seeing much better ball movement, much better togetherness. Much better collectiveness. The zone has ignited us defensively to play together as a group and work inside their superpowers. And we're seeing individual player growth by Colin Sexton and Taylor Horton Tucker, which is a really important sign of what we can do with players for the future. It's really important for like Keontae and Taylor, if that's where your focus is as a fan, that we are showing the signs of growth with those with other players. It's really big. All right, we'll do trends Monday. We'll start it off by looking at estimated plus minus for players on a roster from Taylor Schnarr, which I think is a really great way to look at things. And then we'll take a second and we'll look at the last two weeks and the last 10 games, which teams are hot, which teams are not. Um, there's a new King team in the NBA right now, and it's a really interesting one. We'll look at that as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On. It's the official sports book of the NFL. And it's got a great chance for you. If you are a new subscriber, all you have to do is pick 
a winner or new customer, and you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get into the action than now. The app's so easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and get in on the action with a bonus bet. Any winning $5 money line bet gets you $150. What's our line tonight? FanDuel Sportsbook. Check of our lines tonight. Monday night football coming your direction tonight. We'll keep is the Eagles up. They have this doing maintenance on their site right now. So I cannot get in to get you. Oh, well, let's see. Yeah, no, I, oh, nope. I cannot get in to get you the. There's sports lines as I had hoped to right now they've reset and it says they are, um, uh, they are taking a quick second to update their site, which you have to respect. All right. Jet, uh, fanduel.com slash locked on. Thanks so much for making locked on jazz. Your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps. All right. Estimated plus minus. What the heck is estimated plus minus? is a all-in-one player metric that estimates a player's contribution to the team in points per 100 possessions for an individual season. So um, it sums up a bunch of possessions and how you do this and blah, 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 and looks at it. And the ranges are kind of from 8 to minus 8 would be the way I would tell you. Um, And the average is actually kind of minus 1. The average is not 0. So it's better than... Mostly than raw plus minus. Most people really like it. Here, here's where. So, for example, Joel Embiid is the best in the NBA right now, ten point five. Shea is plus nine point six. Jokic is plus eight point one. Giannis is plus seven point two. LeBron crazy plus six point five. And Tyrese Halliburton is plus six. And then Luka Doncic is plus six. And Chet Holmgren's right in there. So those are the best in the NBA. Just a good check on where the Jazz are. Lowry's plus two point nine, 91st percentile. Collins plus point one. Pretty good. League average is minus one. Talon's minus 0.7, so he's above league average, 62nd percentile. Then Jordan is minus 1.4. Simone's minus 1.5. Kelly's minus 1.9. Walker's minus 2. Chris Dunn minus 2.3. John Collins minus 2.4. Ochai minus 3.2. Keontae minus 4.2. Taylor minus 4.4. Lucas Amonich, Nomir. Yurt Saban, wrap it up. I just... <clears throat> not a huge, like, I don't have like a major takeaway there. I just think it's great context. Like, okay, who's playing well? Who's not like get emotions out of it. And like, let's take a look at, at what we, what we think we have out there. And, and there, and there we go. Like, I think that's um, a, you know, a quick, good way to look at it. Um, he also does rating rankings and strength of schedule and all that. So his number one net team is Boston. Number two is Philly. Number three is Minnesota. Number four is Denver. Number five is Oklahoma City. Number six is Milwaukee. Number seven is the Clippers. They're on fire. Number eight is the Knicks. Number nine is the Cavaliers. And number 10 is the Warriors. Um, so I'm um, just kind of looking there. We're, we're 24th offensively and 28th defensively. If you look at our adjusted ratings based on who we've played in our strength of schedule so far, our strength of schedule is dead league average. At this point in time. All right. So let's take a look at trends. Um, Here. First, we're going to take a look at the last 10 days of kind of 
advanced, not advanced metrics, because I think that's such an obnoxious term, but just efficient, you know, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. And then we'll look at the last two weeks. So this is our macro look. Philadelphia is killing people. They're playing a really soft schedule. They're plus 20 in the last two, 20 in the last 10 games. They're eight and two. The Bucks are second, maybe Adrian Griffin. Then the Clippers are plus eight. Minnesota plus eight. <clears throat> Boston and New Orleans. So those are the top six. Bottom six are Detroit, Charlotte, Washington, Utah, San Antonio, and Atlanta. A little surprised to see Quinn's crew there. You'll see why in a second. Best offenses in the NBA over the last 10 games. Philadelphia, New York, who the Jazz stymied. The Bucs, the Clippers, the Pacers, the Nuggets, and the Pelicans. Worst offenses, Detroit, Memphis, Utah. We had that stretch of that Lowry. <clears throat> San Antonio, Charlotte, and Washington. Not a huge surprise. Best defenses in the NBA, Philadelphia. So Philadelphia is the number one offense and number one defense in the NBA over the last two weeks. Minnesota, Houston, then a big drop to Cleveland, Boston, Memphis. <clears throat> so Memphis has started to defend again. The worst defense in the NBA in the last 10 games, this is interesting, is the Knicks. Mitchell Robinson out, but also just interesting. Charlotte, Washington, Atlanta, Detroit, and then Miami. So that's super surprising. Let's go micro. Now we go last two weeks. Some of this still kind of has the play-in tournament in it where there wasn't as much, and there's a bigger schedule differential. Phillies won, Clippers are two, Minnesota's three, Milwaukee's four, Dallas is five, Boston is six. So the takeaway here is Phillies taking advantage of a soft schedule and the Clippers have clicked in. The last six games, the bottom teams are differential are Detroit, Utah, Washington, Charlotte, Atlanta. San Antonio and Portland. The best offense in the NBA is Milwaukee. That's worthwhile takeaway. Clippers, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, and Dallas. Those that are having a struggle to score are Detroit, San Antonio, Memphis, Utah, Charlotte, and Washington. Best defenses in the last two weeks are Philly, Houston, Minnesota, Clippers, Dallas, and New Orleans. New Orleans is really playing well. My takeaway here is keep an eye on New Orleans. Clippers have clicked in. Phillies feasting. Let's see what happens when they're not. Uh, bottom defenses, New York again. Big takeaway there. Detroit, Utah, Toronto, Portland, and Atlanta. All right, that is trends Monday. That is a look at where we're getting better. And tonight we play the Brooklyn Nets, and I look forward to seeing you at the arena. Thank you very much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. We will now send you over to the first ever 24-7 national sports feed, Locked on Sports Today. <clears throat> Have a great one. Thank you very much to all the everydayers. Thank you for making Locked on Jazz your first listen.